Hey you, thank you so much for listening. No matter when you are listening, no matter where you are, get comfortable. Get yourself a cup of tea, a glass, or an entire bottle of wine. Maybe smoke a blunt, get under a blanket, grab yourself some popcorn, and enjoy this week's episode of The Slut Show with Ellen Moore. Ladies, gentlemen, non-binary beans, and any and everyone in between, welcome to this third live slut show. Due to the current situation in regards to COVID-19, instead of recording on location here in the slut show studio in Amsterdam, this episode is an Instagram live stream. Follow at the slut show with Alan Moore on Instagram to never miss out on any updates. And without further ado, enjoy this week's episode. Today I will be joined by... Lisa, she is a BDSM queen, she's a feminist, she is a polyamorous and bisexual bombshell. Today we're talking religion censorship and mostly a whole bunch of sex. Welcome to the live, she is sending a request, let's hope it works. Hey! uh, Hey girlfriend! How are you doing? Oh my god, I was a little stressed for a second, but we made it. Same. Cheers, honey. Mm. How are you doing today? Ah, lovely. You look fucking amazing. Thank you. I even put on lipstick for you, girl, okay? I love it. It's so, mm. so nice. I love it. What's what's the art on the background? Oh! Uh, is it, it yours? Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, it's so nice. Got Instagram, it. don't hate us, please. You know what I'm saying? I love it. <laughs> and the Doritos. They, oh, yeah. <laughs> I was smoking before we got on this live, so the munchies kicked in. So just in case you ask me a question, right. if you're hungry, I'm prepared. You know what I'm saying? Right. No, it's good. It's good. <laughs> it's exactly the way I roll. Um, I love it. So um, we are doing a live, but that doesn't mean that I just don't have an intro. So here we go. The Slut Show with Ellen Moore. The podcast slash talk show about shit you and I have to deal with on a daily basis about feminism, insecurities, feeling like a bomb-ass bitch, and obviously about loads of sex. Enjoy your weekly dose of empowerment. Your weekly dose of empowerment. What is the most empowering thing you did lately? What's the most empowering thing I did lately? Yes. That's a really good question. I feel like sometimes there are these empowering things that happen for me. I don't even realize when it happens. I love how every single time when I ask people this question, they're like, did I do something empowering? But you are all empowering people who I have on the show, so you must have. Yeah, I think it happens like randomly all the time with just like my right. friends and people that I speak to. We just kind of like boost each other up when we're mm-hmm. going through hard times because we're all going through hard times. So right. I think the most I could think of now is kind of just being there for the people that I care about and helping to remind them that they're that bitch, you know? Exactly. That's so important. I feel like this last year has changed so much for so many people. Everything has changed. I'm freaked out with everyone adding from my other account, by the way. Uh, But everything has changed and it's been so rough on so many of us. Um, uh, You live in the United States of America. That That must have been something. How has that been like for you? Uh... I mean, I honestly try to find silver lining in everything. So I know that I have it a lot better than a lot of other people. I want to start with that. I'm thankful. Um, But it is problematic (laughs) living in this country, in this white America. um, And people are just now starting to wake up. Good for you. 
it's, so I, I have a push yeah. and pull on that, right? Like, I'm really happy that people are, are starting to wake up, you know, for a long time. It just feels like you're living in this horror film and nobody really knows what the fuck is going on but you. Yeah. Um, so I'm happy. Self-awareness is always a great thing, and I'm glad that anyone gets any more awareness. Um, but it's frustrating. It was about time. It's about motherfucking time. It's about <laughs> motherfucking time, girlfriend. Absolutely. There's um, a lot of work to be done, you know? Yeah. I can not imagine, but I can paint a picture. So yeah. let me put it like that. What do you do in, in your life? Because I know and love you, um, but the people watching don't do not yet. So please take them along the journey. Um, shit, where do I start with y'all motherfuckers? <laughs> well, usually you would not have been on Buy All More, my account but on sex talk saturdays and i think that's something that instagram censorship someone's asking where i'm from i live in amsterdam netherlands i'm dutch um i got a question yeah girl they're (laughs) different that's why (laughs) that's what that's what we're doing it for um no but instagram censorship has been rubbish for everyone within the feminist community but you together with amanda that's a whole new level yeah, Amanda and I are doing this talk show together. Um, it's called Sex Talk Saturdays. I'm the host and she's a co-host. Um, we get together and we talk sex. Um, Amanda's my best friend. We've been friends for a really long time. And we're little horn dogs anyway. So this is just like a normal everyday for us. We always talk about sex. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just started randomly asking people in my social media and stories, like just random sex questions. It's kind of just turn into a thing on its own so now we have a youtube show and i just create random sex surveys give them out to different people and they give their perspectives it's a different form of education just learning from different people's perspectives right because we all don't know everything there's going to be something that someone else knows that you don't and so i like that exchange and um it's just a safe space for people to talk about their experiences Mm -hmm. um and it's been difficult as fuck (laughs) so annoying like um i've been dealing with censorship issues with um instagram tiktok youtube you're so lovely i'm so thankful for you but um they have taken down so many of my videos they've deleted three of my accounts i'm on the fourth one i'm on my second tiktok i've lost a lot of content and like really beautiful things like just educating people because there's so much it's genuine connections happening online through this community that is such a safe space for so many people that's such a place for education for so many people and i feel like this was finally something that was breaking taboos that is now just it's being made so hard the slut show same thing but i feel like I'm I'm lucky to have never I don't I don't even want to say it I don't want to say it I know yeah don't, I'm don't not saying energy shit. to it you're doing a good job I'm glad you know what I'm saying I was gonna ask you too because you said something uh to me before that a lot of people were dealing with censorship issues and it really helped me in that moment because I was starting to feel picked on so I'm like okay so it's not just no me. it's the whole fucking community so um i think she might actually be watching right now uh maisie from janet draws shitty who is fucking talented um she is the artwork designer of the slut show so she designed the logo she designs all of the thumbnails and stuff and she draws um female sexual like you would say it horn dogs who are 
full of body hair because that is fucking natural. Um, And she draws such empowering paint, such empowering paintings. And I love it. But her account got deleted at like 3000 followers or something. And now she's back at, I think, a thousand or something. But it takes so long to rebuild that community. It does. That's frustrating. I'm sorry, me, if you're watching. That's it's frustrating. Right. Right. We got to keep pushing. We're doing good work here, but it's it's a little tough. I'm frustrated that there are a lot of obscene things that are out there, and I feel like they're not facing the same issues. Maybe I'm wrong, but they're still up. So fucking KKK accounts up. If those are up, why are you focusing on some girls talking about sex? Yeah, that's why it this pushes me to like keep going forward. I think we're on to something. I think that, you know, when you have a government that tries to keep people controlled in a certain way, you know, they don't want us to be empowered. They don't want us to be educated. They try to keep some knowledge from us. We're just talking mm-hmm. about sex. I'm not like spread eagle, like showing pussy. It is the if, most, if I saw that. It's the most normal people. thing there is. If it weren't for sex, there would not be no Instagram. <laughs> Girl, for real. Tell oh it. my God. No, but like, you are onto something. We are onto something. And we need to keep doing this. And I love these live shows because of (laughs) I had to eat a chip to that. But go ahead, girl, tell it. I just love doing this because it's so empowering for me as well. When I'm, there's moments when I'm like, what am I doing with my life? My whole sex life is on the internet. What am I even doing? Um... And then I get messages from people randomly saying, I love what you do. And then I see the work you put in and I see the work so many amazing women in the community put in. It just makes me so happy and like inspired to keep doing it. Yeah, I get those love notes too. I'm glad you said that. I'm I'm really thankful for those people that are supporting me like that. So I'm like, okay, Lisa, like keep your eye on the vision. You know what I'm saying? Right, totally. Let's talk. Let's not talk about censorship no more. All right, cool. Let's talk some juicy stuff because <laughs> when I started the slut show, I've gotten so many questions to talk to uh, someone who is a monogamous and to dive into the world of polyamory. And I don't have any experience with it. Okay. And you're here for many reasons, one of them being that one. Um, okay. What is your sexuality? How do you identify? Let me start I there. I identify polyamorous. It changes by the situation, honey, but <laughs> right. um, I've been practicing polyamory for like about three years plus now. How did that start? What, how did you end up? Um, I, <laughs> I think I've always just been a woman of the world. Now when I look back in retrospect, but um, I was married. Um, I was in this relationship for, oh boy, like, five years and some change. And um, we had a lot of issues that didn't really have to do with how I identify. It ended for its reasons on its own, but I did realize while I was in it that monogamy wasn't for me. I've had issues with infidelity in almost every single relationship that I've been in on both sides. Mm -hmm. And so I met a group of people While my wife was away on deployment, I was, I was unhappy. I was misbehaving, and I met some people that accepted me for who I was. As messy as mm-hmm. I was being, you know what I mean. I, yeah. I was in this whole whole season, and it wasn't right. There was a lot of deceit and stuff, but they like took me and they were like, "Listen, like 
this is who we are. This is what polyamory is. And it was the most natural thing for me. The most honest people I've ever met in my life romantically, you know? I think people are so used to like cheating and lying and deceit. And a lot of people find polyamory and open relationships to be strange. And that's weird to me. How are you cheating, but you find polyamory strange? You know, mm -hmm. I think it's like conditioning or something. I think we're just yeah. so used to certain things that, Absolutely. you know, different ideas are like, whoa, uh -uh, whoa, too hippie for me. <laughs> right. But sometimes I still get jealous. I still am very possessive. That, um, that's, that would be so hard for me. How yeah. is that? I, yeah, I think so. I, I don't know if I could do it because I've always thought, no, I, I could not do that. But then I've okay. never given it an honest chance. Okay. How did, you, uh, how did you turn that switch? How did I turn the switch? I don't know if I ever turned a switch. It's still, it's difficult, just as difficult as any monogamous relationship could be. Um, and there's a lot of like unlearning that I'm still having to do. Um, but it really, it just fits more. I have a lot of loves in my life I always have had. I'm just putting a name to it now. Mm -hmm. And I've had different relationships. Like I've had emotional connections, you know, and we didn't have sex. And then I would have like a primary partner that I was with, you know, all of the time. My best friend, Amanda, that I have the show with, I feel like mm -hmm. I'm in a very deep relationship with her. It's very intimate. We don't have sex. We don't have that romance. We're more like mm -hmm. sisters. But we do romance each other. We take each other out on dates, cook for each other. I think that fits within my polyamory, the deep connections that I have with more than one person at the same time, you know? Mm -hmm. people that I just love deeply more than one yeah so I don't know it just fits for me but it's really hard I feel like the image of a polyamory and and anything poly is um for a lot of people um men with six wives oh, and yeah. that is not the way that is not the that's not it that's not what the world of polyamory looks like for some it might but yeah how does it look for you? It's such a huge umbrella. <laughs> There's such a huge, I, I'm still learning all the things underneath it. Polygamy, polyandry. There are a couple others. Help me out if you, if you end up on a Google. So, there. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> my sister's sitting over there for all y'all that can't. She, she got Google to next to her. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is it for me? It's just being able to have multiple loves in my life. Um, it is, it's not possessive. Um, I don't belong to anyone and no one belongs to me. It's just having that freedom to do whatever, you know, I feel in whatever moment, if I feel so drawn to someone and I build something, I should be able to do that and have like other relationships and have them know that it doesn't take anything from them. It's like a, a whole love community. You know what I'm saying? Let's just all love each mm -hmm. other and like ha live on a farm with a bunch of lands. We'll have bad bitches running around everywhere. Little kids over there <laughs> have some chickens and goats. But that know. is just, that is the dream. <laughs> like, isn't that just people being happy? People yeah. genuinely being happy is, that is what love is all about, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I can be kind of monogamous. I do understand people who want monogamous relationships. I, there is something kind of poetic about, you know, devoting yourself to this one person mm -hmm. and even fighting like na other natural urges just to be with this one person. I think there's something beautiful about it. It's just not me. <laughs> <laughs>
kind of, because I do get possessive. I am seeing someone now that is a woman of monogamy, and I'm not. And that must be hard. It is quite difficult, honey. We had to have a hard conversation the other day. Uh, it's so hard. We're kind of just like um, compromising so that we can have access to one another, and it happens sometimes. I don't even know where it's going to go, but we just enjoy each other so much. It's just... Mm -hmm we're different in that way you know it's the hard thing with polyamory it's it's hard for a lot of people to accept I'm finding in my experience would you share each every one or would you keep certain ones to yourself is a question we got asked and I think it's a very good one I think it's uh very circumstantial because you have different relationships with different people mm -hmm. different um past experience different traumas different everything so Sometimes you might want to go about things in a different way to try to like support your partner. Mm -hmm. So if I, um, you know, was interested in someone and I had a partner that was like, hey, like, I don't think I'm ready for, you know, this openness and these are the reasons as to why. I think we would be able to reconstruct our relationship however we saw fit just for mm -hmm. that. But then if I had another partner that was like, well, I really don't give a fuck. Do what you have to do over there then, you know, it like depends yeah. on the person, I guess. The way you talk about it is so open and natural and chill. It doesn't feel as restricted and as, um, you know, yeah, restricted as I kind of feel. There's many, many people who go, <gasps> if, if, if you're talking about serious commitment, right? They're so scared of such things. And it's not like you're not committed, but in a different way. Yeah, I mean, I get scared with commitment to sometimes I get it I think my reaction is different than a lot of people I'm a cool bitch but I <laughs> you sure as hell are you know what I'm saying but I struggle with some things I have commitment issues um and it, it could be one reason as to why I sit so comfortably in polyamory it could be I don't know I'm gonna check mm -hmm. with my therapist but I, what I do know is that I I'm forever evolving so like it could it could change for me the thing is, is that this works for me right now. And I, I promised myself after being in certain really difficult relationships that I would be true to myself and what it is that I want and need right now. And right now, I am a woman of non-monogamy because that empowers me and makes me feel good right now. Yeah. Good for you. But that is it, man. I, um, how did you grow up? What is... Um, how did you come out? How did you discover your sexuality? How did those things go for you? Girl, you just hit with like a whole bunch of like, big questions. <laughs> right. <laughs> Take um, us into little Lisa growing up. How did you evolve to become the woman you are today? Oh, shit. Um, well, <laughs> I was brought up um, with my older sister, Tanya. Um, under my mom. My mom and my dad got divorced when I was four years old. So we grew up underneath my mom. We were brought up in the church up until like what age? To like teenage years? Um, probably after high school. After high school, yeah, it was a minute. Yeah, we were brought up in the church and um, it was difficult. <laughs> it was difficult. Um, I think that my mom was trying to just keep us off the streets and keep us in a safe place. But damn, I feel like we ended up in more mess being in the because church. of it. There's some shady shit that happens. 
Um, but it was really hard. I mean, it was hard for me to just be who I wanted to be growing up in the church. I am bisexual, um, and I was taught that that is wrong. Um, and we, my mom, I, once upon a time, thought that she was like really saving me from being condemned to hell. So there was a lot of friction. I feel like she was mm -hmm. doing the best for me, but it was really bad. Um, I got kicked out of the house when I was 18 years old uh, because she came home from work and I had a girl over that she had told me not to have over because she knew. And um, she put all of my shit in like two big trash bags, put it outside and was like, not in my house. And that was my entrance into the world out of the best, you know? Mm -hmm. It was hard. I still deal with a lot of things, you know, to this day in current relationships because of that. That it's, is everything but ideal, obviously. Saying yeah. the quite obvious. How do yeah. you feel like your relationship with your mother is now? How did that change over years? I mean, she woke up one random ass day and was like, I don't believe Jesus Christ to be my Lord and Savior. I believe that he's like, she believes him to be just um, like a, uh, is a prophet a right word? Like somebody like Bob Marley or Gandhi, like one of these great empowering humans that we ended up idolizing and like putting mm -hmm. on a pedestal. Um, and she just feels like religion was something that was used to control people. And so now she's just more connected to like the earth and the stars and the sky, the universe right. and shit. And was like, you know, I accept you for who you are. I got married to a woman. She showed up at the wedding. We've come a long way. But we still have a lot of shadow work to do. Um, of course. Yeah. Those are wounds that <laughs> are not... Right. They're not scratches. Those are deep wounds that shape a person, truly. Yes, girl. And I envy you for pushing through and for still doing what you're doing today. And being a genuine soul. I'm doing my best out here, man, in these streets. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. I see it. I see it. I see the work you put in and I see you shining. And even Ooh. though at times you don't, you know, those are things that are so important in life as well. They teach you so many important lessons. I relate to that very much, not having any sort of relationship with my biological parents. Okay. Um, I, I left my parental home due to domestic abuse when I was 17, just turned 17. So okay. I relate to that and shaped a lot of my relationships and it made my relationship with myself so unstable and lately it's become a lot more stable and a lot more grounded and I've been able more so recently than any time ever before to um, love myself truly and truly have hope for the future. Yeah. And I feel like that also has a huge impact on someone's sex life um, when those are issues you're dealing with. Absolutely. Do you feel like your um, sex life has been influenced by such things? Yeah, I think like uh, seeking approval was always a big thing. So I allowed a lot of people to use me like a disposable wash rag. You know what I mean? I. I put my body through a lot at one, in one point of life, trying to like fill a void and things like that. 
Um, now, um, sexually, I feel like it's just, I'm expressing myself in a different way that's healthier for me. Mm -hmm. um, I've always been a very sexually free person. Um, but when I was in that bad place of like wanting to, you know, seek approval and stuff. Right. I was kind of putting on the mask that uh, was like, this is sexual empowerment, but it really mm -hmm. wasn't. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But now I feel like it is definitely in like the BDSM stuff. I'm definitely working out um, some trauma, um, you know, letting go of shame and shit through that. You know, a lot of people might not understand that, but whatever, it's my thing. Yeah, I can imagine though. Um, I We obviously talked before this live stream and um, you mentioned where it's like um, choking, but also aftercare and how those are, Ooh, together yes. very important things tell me some more about that um i actually i'm we're gonna do some on sex talk about that um aftercare is huge i did not know um it was in california when i started learning about aftercare i met some freaky deaky amazing hippie people that put me up on game um they told talked to me about bdsm and said um that a lot of times you'll find a lot of information out there that's bullshit and a lot of people just think it's about like just rough sex and aggression and like looking cool and like latex and stuff, but it's more than that. Um, some of these doms out here are really like, like nurses in hospitals. They are taking care of people. They have a real job and a real responsibility. The connections that you have with people in play, there, it takes a lot of trust and vulnerability. Um, you know, it really takes like getting to know someone sometimes. I don't just like get in bed with someone and let them like beat me up mm -hmm. just because I want some wealth on my ass. Mm -hmm. This person has to know me and I have yeah. to know them because I give them a certain amount of control and honey, I'm not gonna give that to you unless I trust you. Like, you and rightfully you so. You know? <laughs> yeah, no, rightfully. Um, How know, do you I'm lay so boundaries in kinks? How do I lay that? I feel like it comes with much communication and the connection that I have with each individual. If I feel like they can handle my emotion, then I start to go into more conversation about what it is that I want them to do. Mm. And most times they'll stand in line because I identify as a sub. So like the, the doms, you know, that I've had in my life or that I like so have my life now, kind of know exactly where to stand they're very they're dominant you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? yeah if i have a certain type of body language and i move a certain way they know exactly how to respond but that's also because we've had much communication and they know me you know what i'm saying oh you open your heart and soul to whoa <laughs> i didn't even I got see a that excited <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i was once in a club um and i was dancing on top of the bar and then my huge huge earrings just Thank fell on top please. of someone's head right into someone's drink <laughs> wow girl good story though good story you make yourself <laughs> known okay <laughs> that was not really my intention when i got up on that bar but i mean you, it, practice you know, you know practice. It, it got me some free drinks and i liked it so <laughs> yes, however you do i feel like you have that quirk you know what i'm saying like you can do like little goofy things and people are still gonna be like, oh my God, right. you look like that girl from Brave. But what if, uh, <laughs> what if yeah, curly, y'all? Because her hair's not curly right now, but you should see it. She was like that girl from Brave. Yeah, like why is it not curling today? It's actually on, curly. I'm a sucker for curls. I'm gonna let you know that 
from now so you know for future reference. So I'm I'm never allowed to do this again. Got it. <laughs> Note it. <laughs> you sure you submissive? <laughs> I know. I felt like a dog for a second. I was like, wow. No, like I so there's this thing about my hair that's not interesting or slut show related at all, but I'm gonna tell you anyways. I only wash it once in three months. Yes. And so I let it dry on its own and then I straighten it or curl it and then it <laughs> it just works. It works for three months. That's it. God damn. You're yeah, so nice. this time I straightened it and in two weeks it's gonna be curls. I don't know how, but they're gonna be curls. So I get it. See my best friend is like so obsessed with you. She's like, Ooh, I love her so <laughs> Yeah, we have we have conversations about you. We be scamming. Oh. You're oh. a whole babe. Now I'm gonna tell her this about she might be watching. Are you alive? I don't know. Oh, is she? <laughs> okay, I know that's right. All right. Anywho, <laughs> I lost track. I'm sorry. I smoked before this, so I'm like, no worries. Okay. That's fine. Um, you had conversations about me. I'm interested to hear what they're about now, though. Yeah, she thinks you're a babe. I'm putting you on blast, Amanda. I'm sorry. She said you're so fine. She's probably gonna take you on a date when we like meet up in Amsterdam. Hell yeah. I'm <laughs> down. With, I'm down with that. <laughs> For sure. I yeah, we. I think we. I don't know how I came on. On did did you find me on Instagram? Did I find you guys on Instagram? You know what? I don't really remember how we connected. Right. I just it just felt like it was there. Yeah. yeah. It was like hey, I think you it have... was like a mutual sex page that we liked or something, and it was like boom, insta connection. Right. I think yeah. yeah. Most likely. I got I think deleted I... so many times. I had to, like, go back and find your ass. I'm glad that I did. <laughs> Likewise, though. You know? It's so frustrating getting deleted constantly. We're not going to talk about it anymore because it makes me, makes me very sad. Um, she said, how many doms do you have? Okay. <laughs> how many doms do you I have? Speak, I don't have... I have one oh, yeah. person that I'm having sex with right now, and she is far more dominant in bed than I am. So she is my dom we haven't gotten like into play too much when i was talking about the other doms that was like in the past mm -hmm. right now just one right but i'm still putting out applications honey <laughs> see if you're listening to this on <laughs> itunes spotify wherever you're listening to this <laughs> this is actually live and it's a live instagram uh live stream you said the domain i have i was like the dom yeah okay Oh, see, okay. So and people get to ask questions. Too. So if if you're tuning in and you want to see this live next time, tune in at the Slut Shows <laughs> on more Instagram. Fire away, girlfriend. That's so funny. <laughs> I've only been intimate with one person for the last lot of months. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm gonna leave it there because she's watching too. <laughs> <laughs> We're not saying anything. All right, got it. Um, so, <laughs> love this. Um, interesting to know. Um, so the thing is, people always think, "Oh, Ellen, you're the host of the Slut Show. You must have a lot of sex with a lot of different people." And, okay. girlfriend, I haven't had sex in fucking forever. <laughs> Fuck! I didn't want to hear Fuck, that. Indeed. Though. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, it'd be like that it'd be like that sometimes i mean we're in a fucking pandemic how can i you know 
I'm hiding behind that. I'm just like, you know, I'm a business babe. I got university. I we're in a pandemic. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. <laughs> Hoes will find a way is all I'm saying. I'll find a way. But I just haven't been interested. And I've, I've been doing a lot of work um, internally. So I'm just trying to clear out a lot of like energy. And that has stopped me from like hoeing lately. I just, I'm not ready to like take in so many different energies while I'm working on so much myself, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, but normally, because I'm not like fucking all the time, I'm normally just like getting it. But right now I have like some bigger shit to work out. So right. I put my pussy on pause and we'll see what happens. For the first time since I started being sexually active, I genuinely felt like that too. And for the first time I can literally just let go and be like, I'm single and that is absolutely fine because I am learning to love myself so much that I don't need it. Yeah. No matter the circumstances. And that is a process. Yeah, it is. It's a good lesson. I, and I love um, talking about sex so much still, even though I'm not having as much sex as most of the motherfuckers that watch me think. Most of them think I'm fucking all the time because I'm so like sexually free and I get it because so being I have, like, in tune it. and being vocal about it does not mean that you're this or that right that's why we're here honey <laughs> exactly what are things that you um are very confident about now but that you had to grow into being confident about that must have been a hard question when you're high <laughs> <laughs> yeah there are so many trailing thoughts of like which way are we gonna go lisa <laughs> it's the um, slut shaming really... for me what the slut shaming is that what you said no 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 someone oh. said it's the slut shaming for me i'm not wearing the glasses that i am supposed to but be no wearing, you read it so... correctly but i'm like wait but what does she mean uh, no uh, i didn't see the picture so i don't there's know. a picture <laughs> no no <laughs> I'm people who think you guys fuck all the yes thank you okay no we got it thanks for explaining I okay I'm yeah no, i life. know her i actually know okay. her yeah i didn't yeah. know their pronouns so i was like okay <laughs> yeah no totally because i i i'm now the host of the slut show people are like so you must be having a whole lot of sex that's yeah. like an instant thing sorry i asked you a question please answer yeah okay <laughs> um I just, I used to hide a lot more in a different way because I'm a very outgoing person so a lot of people wouldn't really know. Um, by hide, I mean just lie. I used to like just lie about who I was, just lie in relationships, like cheating and shit like that. Now I, mm -hmm. I just kind of walk into a room and I'm like, it is what it is, bitch, uh, here I am. Like it or leave it. And they love that shit. I was like, mm -hmm. wow, it's great. Um, yeah. I'm starting to trail off again. Do you feel like the way you portray yourself in the internet has an influence on the way you meet new people who know you through that particular thing? Absolutely. Um, I'm kind of wondering how that's going to look in the future for me now that sex talk is taking more of like a professional turn for me. I, I think about that a lot. I'm like, damn, I wonder what people are going to think when I you know, put on the puppy, you know, helmet and like wear lingerie and shit. I'm like, because I already get a lot of dick pics and lots of, you know, sexual exchanges that I don't really, I don't ask for. Some of it I don't mind. Some of it annoys me. But I don't. Unsolicited dick pics are not. Okay. You know, happens even more now with sex talk. So yeah, people see this and they think, well, this is what she wants, you know? 
that's something that we're going to have to fight through. I want to be able to be sexy and do that when I want to, but like consent still be a thing. You know? mm -hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. It's not like I portray myself in a certain way and that is now consent is out of the way. That's not a thing anymore. I can send you as many pics of as many parts of my body as I want. No, that's not, that's not how we yeah. do these things. Yeah. And I, I feel like that's also a thing with personal stories. Sometimes um, I have not necessarily gotten that as much, but I have uh, some, some women in my uh, life who literally say um, like, who try to lay boundaries for their followers like sometimes I'm not ready for certain stories which I can imagine because sometimes people trust you so much because of the things you say online and the way you talk about certain things that they want to share very intimate and personal stories that can be very triggering if you've been through, through certain things yeah yeah I'm learning about uh, consent in a lot of different ways even in just the emotional ways um, there was someone that I met online, just like an Instagram friend, and I got drunk one night and went on to like Instagram, like messaged her and sent her like this sob story. I don't know what I was upset about in the moment because when I woke up the next day, I didn't remember. But I cried to her about whatever I was upset about. And the next day she was like very stern with me and really upset. Like, you, I, I didn't like that you did that. You put your emotions on me. Um, I feel like you used me for my emotional intelligence and you put all of that on me without my consent. That was the first time that somebody used um, that term with me when it came to just emotions and conversation. Mm -hmm. It threw me for a second. I was like, what the fuck? Like she's tripping, but I was like, fuck, she's right. Because we already have this relationship, right? We're talking yeah. to each other for a little bit. And then I give her my emotions. She's starting to care about me and now she's all upset, but I didn't even ask her like, is it, hey, is it okay if we talk about this? It's like some deep stuff or whatever. I just like cried to her while I was drunk about all this shit. She's like, I don't even know what to do with this. It wasn't right. You know, it wasn't fair. And I just, consent is a huge thing for me in so many ways that's like coming around, I'm just learning about it. It's something we need to talk about a lot. And a lot more in the society as well, I yeah. think that is very it's a topic that we're not taught in sex education we're not taught in high school we're not taught in kindergarten those are yeah basic things that you need to be taught about consent on every single level and aspect of your life how do you think that um we can help and what needs to change in order to more so implement that in raising our next generation we need to put it in schools i mean i think this is the reason why we want to talk about sex so much and we're creating like these educational platforms for ourselves because it was lacking so much i want to ask you um how old were you or what grade were you in when you had your first sex ed class um i it's not even like see this took too long already um, you know what i'm saying i think oh <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay so <laughs> i was i think i oh two things i got two stories for you guys. all right give me two okay we're going we're going back in history firstly um yeah. the first thing that i thought of was um being in the first year of high school it's it's different in Netherlands, so i can't like do senior or whatever um being in the first year of high school and uh we had to put condoms on 
dildos and we had to put our hands into oh. like this uh, box and we couldn't see, but then the class, it was like a heart cut out. So the rest of the class could watch while we did it. And then they would put a timer on like the big board in the back. They and put then a timer. They, they timed it as like a game for whoever did it the fastest. And you can guess who did it the fastest. <laughs> it was me. It was me. I won. I won. And so this one guy from my from my class, he went like, she practiced. And I had never. It just, you know, I'm a natural. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then oh, so I got home and I told um, my mother that story and she cut out a um, cucumber and made it in the size of a dick. And she put it on my, on, uh, on like the dinner table, and my dad was sitting there laughing, and I was like, "Oh my god, what? Look, honey, no. our daughter did so well. She got her first trophy. That is the worst way I feel to teach children how to put a condom on anything. They made it into a game, and then put a tie on it. Like, hurry up, go, go, go. Like, are we gonna talk about this? Oh my this god, is- yeah. So, and then the thing before that would happen is I was. I think I must have been seven or maximum eight. I went to a library together with my um, school. And I was there with a friend of mine who I, we were not really close or anything. Anyways, um, we got closed that day and we were in library. And so I picked out this book, a a totally random book. We were not searching for anything. We just picked up a book. And that said, um, in the most explicit way that you can say it in the Dutch language, uh, in like, in if I look back at it, I'm like, those are disgusting terms. You have nice terms for those things. It's basically, it said, um, the dick goes into the pussy. That's what it said. And so That's we read that. Happens. Yeah. And so we read that and we were like, oh, you know? <laughs> <laughs> And so um, we went home uh, together to play together, you know, and so we were having lunch. And um, so I ask my, uh, my caretaker, I ask, uh, so is that how it happens? And so she's sitting there like, um, Dick goes in the pussy. Um, well, yes, that's how children, how children, how children are made are made right um and so my friend she says ew i wanted five kids but now i don't want them anymore oh my god wait for it and then i say well isn't that fun (laughs) (laughs) i have no idea what i was talking about um but i just figured you know it's it's math uh, if so many people are on Earth, someone people must like it, you know. You know what I'm saying? Good logic. And this I was is right. Why you're meant to be the host of the Slut Show, honey? Because you understand what it means. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's simple math. It's just calculations. That's crazy. I was in third grade when I got my first sex ed class. Um, how old are you in third grade? How old are we in third grade? Eight, like eight years old, eight nine, depending on I guess when you're school year starts and when you're born but yeah of course like eight nine years old my hormones started kicking in maybe like a, a year or so after that like fifth fifth grade sixth grade yeah I mean I didn't get my period until like high school but I feel like I started like wanting to like touch on myself 
in middle school, you know? I started having mm -hmm. crushes and shit. But anyway, it was in elementary. And I think it's because there was a very high percentage of uh, my peers that had STDs. I'm not gonna say from elementary because I didn't know shit about it. It was like middle school on. Uh, there were seven there or was, eight year olds. There, well, so I lived. I was brought up in Hollywood, Florida, and there was a lot of weird shit that happened. You know, kids were having sex early on, whether they liked it or not. You know what I'm saying? And I knew that that was going on. You could kind of. I was brought up around a lot of shady shit at the time. I didn't know what was going on. But when I got older, I was like, oh, shit. You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> a lot of girls like in middle school and high school were getting pregnant. There were high percentages in South Florida. Okay. And so that's why I think sex ed needed to start when you were so young, but it was still bullshit. There was like a diagram of like a male and a female. But the male diagram that I remember was kind of like the way a Barbie doll looks like a Ken doll. It's like flat. Mm -hmm. There's no like penis. You don't really know what it is. So it's like sex ed really sucks and I think that's a really huge reason as to why sex talk Saturdays is a thing for me because I was brought up for one in a religious home where it's like no sex no sex I asked my mom like when I was 16 can I have a boyfriend she was like I'll be your boyfriend this is what life was okay <laughs> I'll be your boyfriend like, no shit. you know what I'm saying like yeah we have to talk about this shit. The diagram that I first saw of a human body, it was like the man didn't even have a penis. Like they didn't want us to do it. So it, they took the information away from us. And that only did the it, opposite of what they wanted. Because now we're all curious. Of we're course. Like, Fuck everything. <laughs> and now we created Sex Talk Saturdays in the Slut Show because they here didn't navigate us properly. And here we are. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean... It's fun that it's so much shit, but then it creates this new world. It opens a world to us. And genuinely, the sex positive and feminist community on Instagram is fucking amazing. These are such empowering and supportive women. I love that so much. Um, so your sex education happened because there was a lot of shady shit happening around um, tell me yeah. when I'm crossing a line, obviously, but okay. can you tell me some more about that? Um, yeah, I just think that there is a lot of, there was a lack of guidance and education. So everybody was running wild and doing whatever they wanted. As far as, um, tell me what it was that you said they, again, that people were having sex, whether they wanted to or not. Um, I used to think <clears throat> when I was in middle school, and this is because I was like lying all the time as a jit. I was a middle child. I had an older sister that, you know, was very, she's very smart. And so my parents like pushed her in academics like crazy, like too much. Um, and then I have a little brother, um, because my old ass daddy's sperm was still fresh. So he decided to have a little baby. <laughs> so mm -hmm. he got a lot of attention. My sister got a lot of attention, whether she wanted it or not. And then I was there in the middle, like, look at me. So mm -hmm. I was just lying and doing a lot of stupid shit. So I thought that when my peers were telling me these stories about being molested or um, being raped and things like that, I was like, oh, they're just lying for attention, right? Because I did it all the time. Um, boy, boy, boy. And it wasn't until later on in life uh, when I had certain terrible experiences myself or 
you know, just when I really started learning about the world and, um, you know, oppression against women and things like that, um, that I realized those little girls were not lying, that it happens to us a lot more than we'd like it to, a, a lot more than we'd like to realize or admit, you know? So I just know that there were girls that I grew up with that saw a lot more than they were supposed to see as children. I could I could feel it from them. And I just remember certain situations, certain sleepovers I've had, you know, remembering certain things that their parents were doing, like, it was messed up. And so that's why sex, sexual education is a huge thing. I actually, when I was setting up my YouTube, I asked my friend, I said, look, they're asking, like, are these, when you post a video, it says, is, is this video for children or not? And I don't want to say that it's not for children, because then I feel like I could get more views, but I also don't want to get flagged, right? So I'm gonna say it's not for children, but it is. Sexual education is for children because there's a lot happening in this world. You know what I'm saying? And what harm would it do if we just have more information? If we have, you know what I'm saying? We don't need sexual education is for everyone. That's Thank not you. dependent on your age, your gender, your anything. Yeah, it's needed in any so. situation, no matter what. Um, sexuality you identify with what your pronouns are doesn't matter i just realized because sex talk saturdays um basically happened you told us a little er earlier in the, in the live um because of you asking sex questions on your instagram stories and i recently did too okay yeah tell me about that <laughs> and so i got so many responses i was mind blown honestly yeah. um so these are like genuinely pretty good statistics i'd say because so many people voted so okay. um the first question was give head or receive it what do you think the majority answered give head or receive it um receive it right that's exactly what i thought because you think people are selfish they they like receiving it i voted receiving it myself but 75 percent chose for giving head rather than receiving it it's wow. a majority and like it's not such a close call it's a close call but not you know i was well, I so i looked stuff. through who said give i was like interesting to know okay we got some givers see people they like their privacy you know what sex i can't believe it's still this taboo people really respond in the stories i'm gonna hit the stories more <laughs> yes you should and so then the next question was give hand or receive it what would you think give hand mm -hmm. jerk off um finger hand or receive it um receive it that's exactly what I thought. And once more, people are 55% would rather give hand than receive it. Mind blown. I like We have a lot of people with control issues in this world. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm just kidding. But I do understand, like, the whole control aspect of that. Like, I like to please people, so I can get that. That's fine. Yeah, so everyone, I, I told these results, they're like, yeah, but I like, I like pleasuring people. And I'm like, yeah, I do too, but I also like getting it. <laughs> so, top or bottom? This is such a close call. What do you think? <sighs> top or bottom? Top or bottom? Top or bottom? Well, now I'm going to switch it up and say top. It was 51%. 51%. 
I'm a lazy fucking bitch, so... I'm a whole-ass bottom. Yeah, 100%. I'm just <laughs> starfishing the fuck out of it. <laughs> starfish, I saw that. <laughs> if there's people watching still wanting some sex with me, you know? No, I mean, I'm a fun bottom. I like to flip around and do things, but I'm I like to flip around! <laughs> Right, right. We're making it fun. You don't have to be lazy. Um, <laughs> dominant or submissive? Well, hello. I'm a sub, so I'm going to sit on the sub side. Tell me. 53% submissive. Yes, I'm in there. It's so interesting. Why didn't I answer this story? I need to pay attention why did you not answer i know i'm so sorry for that one i got you she said sub how do you know i could switch it's because she fucks me (laughs) (laughs) so one partner or multiple multiple oh my god wait no this is in the stories one yes indeed people are so you know just one monogamy. Um, but 70%, that's quite a lot. But I meant uh, to, <laughs> I meant to say, uh, like, as a question, one or multiple people at the same time. I didn't mean... Oh. Right. Oh, so I want to ask that for you. Are you content well, with just one person in bed, or are you down for, like, multiple? I'm down for multiple, but that has never happened. Really? No, that has never happened. But I'm just, you know, I've been thinking about this a lot recently. And I was like, I want that to happen. But then I want to trust whoever is there with me. And I just don't know who to, you know, I'm I'm putting out job applications. So, you know, I I need to find the right people for that. You do. Yeah, I understand that. Honestly, I've, I've done like a threesome thing a few times. I haven't had like an orgy or anything. Mm-hmm. in which I'm not really interested. I think I've had, like, one fantasy where we, like, got dressed up in cosplay, like, vampires and things like that, and did, like, Molly and mushrooms, and, like, we all fucked each other. But that's, like, a fantasy. But honestly... So I far think... on Instagram hating me. <laughs> Sorry, Instagram. I gotta start censoring my words. This is why they keep deleting me. I'm just... They don't... I'm just being me. Let's hope not two of my accounts are gone. <clears throat> no. Instagram, no, look. No, okay. So I <laughs> <laughs> I do think that I, I like to focus on just one person though. I think it's like way too much. Like, I don't know. I'm really thankful for the few times that I had threesomes that were good. Because I've had some mm-hmm. that were bad. And I really just like to put work into one person you know what i'm saying like right. I, mean, I can put my a game at 100 percent into you right now and then like you want to come along like honey i'm <laughs> right it's a lot of work pleasing one person is a lot of work i mean and there's Some also a lot like of people it. who are like yes i want threesomes but then they don't know how to please one person like go focus on that and come back when they, you know? <laughs> yes. come back when that's fixed uh yeah. so then the last question i asked in my stories was in bed or elsewhere and what i meant is just literally the location where you're doing it what do you think people wrote it in bed no they didn't 65 percent 65 percent elsewhere mind blown 
I dig it, but mind blown. What is the weirdest place you ever had sex? That's a good kickoff question. <laughs> I for, for listeners, her face is going. <laughs> yeah, no, that's because I just had public sex recently. Oh, uh, yeah, and I well, but it wasn't weird though. It was like at the pool. Um, okay, but I don't think I've ever had sex in a really weird place. But I did make out with like the Mr. Frosty guy in his ice cream truck because he was really hot, and I was. Like, <laughs> a teenager and I was like feeling like a rebel we didn't have sex though because he was married and I was like I can't do that but we made Ooh. out <laughs> Ooh. don't judge uh, me y'all leave me alone I've been through something no judgment here this is a safe space thank Instagram you. doesn't hate us um thank you so much for being here with me thank you at home for tuning in for this week's Celestial Livestream. Next week, I am back, same place, same time. And I will be joined by not just one, not two, but three amazing women who I will be talking to about motherhood. Three entirely different women who are all empowering and inspiring, who I came to adore. So I can't, cannot wait for this episode. For now, if you like this episode, I am sure you will love season one and two just as much. So head over to youtube.com slash more or listen to The Slut Show on your favorite podcast platforms. If you want to support The Slut Show, head over to my Patreon page. Follow the both of us on Instagram. Her Instagram will be known. <laughs> in the the caption anyways um thank you so much for joining me again thank you for having me thank you at home for watching and for now sluts, sluts out, sluts out.